So my guest this week is not a longtime friend, but she might as well be because it certainly feels like we've known each other forever. But Kelsey Davis, we've only known each other for 18 months, literally 18 months. It was June, the beginning of June 2019. And we've said this to each other over and over again, that it feels like we've known each other forever. Uh, for the people, many people in my life who listen to this podcast who have no idea who you are, let me say, and this is what I do, I, I flatter everyone at the top of each show. Uh, you are definitely someone I would consider to be in my inner circle of all the people in my life, my closest friends, Ben and Shannon, and then my parents, all family members. I would say of everyone, you know me the most. You know me better than everyone because I, you are very trustworthy. You always say that people tell you things uh, all the time for some reason. I don't know why. You're very trustworthy, though. And uh, so we, we talk about a lot of shit. And uh, so we know each other very well. And you know more about me in my present life than anyone else does. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks. That was so kind and out of character for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you bring it up. So me and you, the the unique thing about our friendship is that um, you have very thick skin. I have very thick skin. And so we just talk so much trash to each other and neither one of us has ever taken offense to anything that they either has said, because you always say that people inflate your ego all the time. And so you have bestowed upon me. It is my job to tear you down, to try to keep you level, keep you level headed. And so this is kind of how we express our love for each other is through insults. But we both know at the end of the day, because we've told each other many times and we always do end up coming back to each other and hanging out and you know, ending every interaction with a, with a nice warm hug. We know that's all love at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, it's super messed up, but somehow my friendship language has been answered by you. And it's just people telling me what they don't like about me (laughs) and what's annoying. And you do that wonderfully. Wouldn't change it for the world. I think it's uh, humbling. Well, good. You need it. You are very unlikable, (laughs) but uh, I want to start off with, as I do with everyone, uh, the story of how we met. Now, normally I tell the story, but I would like you to tell the story and then I would like to correct you and tell you why you're wrong. Okay. So we were at a networking event for young professionals and I was just minding my own business and we were going around the room and I just remember this one day. Okay. So we're going around the room and we were talking about sports content that has changed our lives or something along those lines. And I remember this kid in the corner raises his hand and starts talking about horse racing And I'm like dying laughing, like everything is funny to me. And I'm just like, wow, what a loser. And then (laughs) after the event is over, comes right up to me. He's like, hey, and I don't don't even remember what you said, Troy, but it's something you you asked me to hang out or be friends or get lunch or something. And I was like, oh dear, well, I can't say no. I might work with this kid. And uh, it's been all downhill from there. It's been actually terrible. Wow. (laughs) All right. So I will give the the behind the scenes story here. Okay. So, and I've never said this to you before. So uh, welcome. So as you can tell by several of the women that I've had on this podcast and just people in my life, I have a lot of attractive girlfriends. And so I find myself uh, comforted like when I have attractive girlfriends. So at this stage in my life, when we met, I was kind of turning over a new leaf, a new chapter in my life. So I was like, all right, I need some new people in my life. So when I entered into that conference that day, I took a quick scan of the room and I was just like, all right, who here looks like someone that I can be friends with? And so I narrowed a couple girls 
And so the first girl I identify, I place myself right across from her in the room. And God, so, I wasn't even the first. So we right. hit it off, me and this girl. We have a great time. We're talking. We're talking about like making plans that night. However, she breaks the news that she was not going to be living in the Northeast. She was going to be living in Texas. So I then turn my attention to the second most attractive girl in the room, <laughs> who I deem to be you. <laughs> and at the end of that conference, I go up to you and say, hey, because you had said in one of your icebreaker things that you were interested in volunteering. I volunteered a lot as well. So I go up to you and say like, hey, I've done some volunteering. You have let's exchange numbers, let's do it sometime. And uh, in the 18 months we've known each other, we've maybe only volunteered together once or twice. <laughs> we've done a whole lot of other stuff. But okay, well, given a good majority of that has been a pandemic, but you're right, I forgot about that, the volunteer portion of that. So I probably liked you then. Probably, yeah. yeah. Like you said, uh, all downhill from there. So I have to continue selling you and who you are. So you're a very interesting person. Um, I've known you only for 18 months, like I said, um, but you have a wild backstory. And so I was writing around a bunch of things that I want to talk to you about. And I was like, wow, Kelsey's actually way more interesting and way more fascinating than I give her credit for. So where I want to start off naturally is with where you come from. So you come from Methuen, Massachusetts, which is like small town, Massachusetts. You went to Curry College, who no one has ever heard of, I've never introduced someone to you or I've never seen you introduce yourself to someone and be like, oh yeah, Curry College, I've heard of that. No one's ever no, heard of it. Never. Um, and so that's that's kind of a little bit of your backstory, but can you tell me more about where it is you come from and then I wanna talk about your family as well. Okay, so Methuen's cool, it's diverse. Um, I went to a huge high school. Um, it was bigger than my college. <laughs> If that's, if that's helping the uh, visualization. Um, I don't know. I guess I worked at an ice cream shop where I worked. The crime rate was pretty high. Like there was always kind of fucked up things going on. Um, and then what do you, did you ask if you wanted to hear about curry? <laughs> no, I don't care about curry yet. I want to, I, gosh, come on. You're in this business. You know how this works. Okay. So uh, growing up, in Methuen, right? Yeah. You have a very complicated family story. So tell me, like, what was your family life like when you were growing up in Methuen? Okay, so I lived in a house with my mom, my sister, and my dad. And then my parents got divorced when I was in sixth grade. Um, and then my mom moved out. And so it was just me, my dad, and my sister. And then eventually, my sister is 14 years older than me. So... She eventually moved out and then it was just me and my dad and we vibed. It was like low key a frat house. It was so much fun. Like we would just like be incredibly spontaneous. He, you know, I picked up some like manly tendencies, I guess, because it was just like my, my growth period and it was just me and my dad. Um, but like he would randomly be like, let's go to Disneyland this Friday or like, let's just, let's get the hell out of here. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. And then my stepmom moved in and that was kind of a mess at the beginning <laughs> for sure I think it just stirs up a lot of like emotion when you're a kid and yeah that's really it like I eventually was just like I gotta get out of here this is not like a comfortable situation for me and I left for college 
What are some of these manly tendencies that your dad gave you? So my dad actually put me in acting and modeling school when I got to like seventh grade because I was acting like him. So like, I was like, you know, not a lady. Like I was sitting with like my legs open. You're still not. I, <laughs> I know I'm working on it, but like, I wanted to wear like guy clothes, which is fine. But I think he was just like, maybe you're just being a little too influenced by me. And like, I was just like burping and farting and like being really gross. <laughs> He was like, all right, you need to learn some manners and how to be a lady. And I'm putting you in this modeling and acting school in Boston. And they taught me a lot. They taught me like how to actually, it's kind of fucked up now that I'm thinking about it, but they taught me how to like set a table and um, how to sit and how to walk and do your makeup and fashion and things like that, that I was just never really exposed to. Um, Unless I was kind of hanging with my sister, but I was at home with my dad. So he decided to do that and changed a bit. <laughs> you clearly <laughs> haven't retained any of what you learned. <laughs> I still don't know how to set a table. No, there's many of things that, that, uh, that you don't know how to do. Uh, <laughs> so your dad is like a big influence on your life because you spent so much time living with him. Your mom um not as much because you were living with your dad and it was your sister that kind of played the the female role in your life but come to find this year one of the blessings of the pandemic for you you and your mother are close again so why are you uh guys rekindling that relationship now huge yeah so big for me so backstory is like my mom kind of just like was slightly neurotic and like was learning to grow up a little bit and like had kind of a tough upbringing and was just like not completely present all the time. And so like my sister was just like my girl, like she would make me lunches and get up and bring me to school and things like that. And then I don't know, this pandemic changed a lot of people and my mom ended up, you know, she doesn't drink anymore and she started getting into hiking and <laughs> I also started getting into hiking. And why did you get into hiking? I'm laughing because if you asked me two years ago if I liked hiking, I would have immediately thought of Troy and would have been in a bad mood. <laughs> but I like um, hiking because of Tori. Anyway. Oh, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now the truth comes out. My friend Tori, who you met, by the way, you leech yourself onto everyone in my life. I try to get rid of you, but you introduce yourself to my family and to my friends and you befriend them and DM them behind my back and make plans with my parents behind my back. So I can never get rid of you. Even when I want to, you're inviting yourself to my house last week. What is it? I'm trying to get rid of you. And this is what happens. I just like them. I like you pick great people to hang out with. So my mom started getting into hiking and cooking and just kind of created healthy habits for herself. And I was like, okay, I'm down to do these things. And I'm super open to people changing. And we started hiking together and her and my mom, I mean, her and my sister and I were hanging out a lot and she's just kind of become a different person has grown a lot. And we're, you know, kindling a really actually beautiful relationship. And so it happened when I'm 23. Who cares? I mean, I had my dad, and my sister when I was young, and I definitely wasn't feeling sorry for myself. I had a great family. So 
well, better late than never. I'm very happy for you. Your sister is what, like 13 or 14 years older than you, and, and she's your half sister. So it's it's a little bit of a different dynamic. So what was that like having your sister be that much older than you? It was annoying, truly. I kind of always thought your sister was like supposed to help you get away with things and like would cover for you. But because she was so much older than me, she looked at me as like, my little baby and like my little Kelsey. And that was cute for a while. But then like I started doing dumb shit and like middle school and high school and stuff. And I thought my sister would be like, oh yeah, like I'll, I'll help you out. And instead she's yelling at me for doing the stuff. And I'm like, Gina, like, come on, like, let me have some fun. But she was always just really protective. And I think it was because I was not sheltered at all. Like no one was really looking for me, <laughs> like no one was monitoring what I was doing or what I was watching or where I was going. So she was kind of the one who stepped in and, and did that for me. And so I appreciate it, but also like I was annoyed at the time. So. So me and you got breakfast last week and a lot came out during this conversation that we didn't know about, uh, <laughs> about each other. turns out you were a bully growing up. You got into some fights. Like what, what were you doing? Why were you such a bully? Oh my God. People are just so sensitive. And like, you know, there's, there's a line for everything, but like when people do things that bother me, they need to be told. And like, I got into some physical altercations <laughs> with a few like girls in middle school and like the locker room or whatever. But like, I, I don't know, like you can't talk shit around people's backs or people are going to say stuff like I just think there's you know consequences for your actions <laughs> and I don't know I felt like I was really just telling it how it is I wasn't like coming at anybody for their appearance or anything that they should be sensitive about I'm coming at them because you know they did something wrong <laughs> the funny thing is that is that your dad condoned it didn't you say that you got called into the principal's office or whatever and he backed you up he's like yeah that's my girl Oh yeah. A couple of times he, I got detention for something and he wrote on the detention slip, stick this up your ass. Sincerely, Matt Davis signed it. And I had to go in and hand it to my teacher, my eighth grade teacher, my math teacher. I, she was shocked. He's like, no, like you shouldn't get in trouble for those things. Like you are right. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. Thanks. <laughs> Um, you come from a long line of TV people. You work in the, the TV industry now. Um, so you've told me that your high school experience, you kind of missed out um, on a lot of things in high school because your dad was kind of trying to shepherd you into the TV industry, whether you wanted to or not. And again, you were being forced to think about a career long before any of us really think about careers. So what exactly were you doing in eighth and ninth grade and such? And why do you not look back too fondly on it? That's so funny that you mentioned that because I was cringing at my Facebook memories this morning and I wrote a status in 2010. Oh boy. That was like, um, I'm so stressed out um, about homework and every, everybody talks about how it's going to lead to your college experience. And if you don't get into college, then you don't get a career. And like, I wrote this when I was, 12, 13 years old, like not being a kid at all. Just like everybody is so career focused. Like you get asked so early, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, God, just like you can have interests and stuff. But like, I was thinking about my career when I was 12 years old. 
come on. Like, it's just like, I think it just has been pushed so far that it's so draining. But yeah, so I like expressed somewhat of an interest in eighth grade into like journalism and television. And my uncle Scott works in the industry. And on a few occasions and all through high school, I was, instead of spending Thanksgiving with my family, I was going to control rooms in New York City and observing NFL games or, you know, spending weekends observing college football from the control room and just like being on headset and like listening to like what a director sounds like. And like, I thought it was cool. But at the same time, I was like, God, I'm like 13. I'm missing pep rallies and I'm missing like dances and things to you know start my career a little too early and so that kind of turned me off to like the entire tv industry altogether in a lot of ways um still ended up here somehow but yeah it was just something that I feel like got pushed so young and I just know that I don't want to do that to my kids and I don't think it was ever like a malicious thing it was just like he was looking for my passion and I was like somewhat interested in it and, it and it got pushed so quickly and I feel like I had a lot of other passions that I just like didn't really get to explore and I was like young so I was like okay yeah I guess this is my passion like this makes a lot of sense like let's pursue it and so I you know pursued it through high school and yeah missed out on a lot of events that I just wish I hadn't but poor me right no not poor you uh, <laughs> if you could do it all over again knowing what you know now about, you know, the industry and the way, the way everything is going in this industry. And I know, you know, personally, you're um, struggling a little bit. Um, what would you have done differently? What would you have chosen back then? Um, I think that even from a really young age, I liked helping people and I'm an asshole, but I'm a nice asshole. Like I'm, you are I one like... of the nicest assholes out there for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I like helping people. And I would just like to be in an industry where I feel like I am helping someone in any way, shape or form. So I was actually really good at science and- Which still blows my mind, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I don't know, it was just super interesting to me. And I remember in eighth grade, my teacher who just like, I didn't get along with was like, I'm putting you in like intermediate level science when you get to high school. And they kind of had control over like what levels you went to from eighth grade to freshman year. And I was like, no put me in, put me in level four. And she was like, you can override it if you want. And level four for us was like honors. And I went to honor science my freshman year and nailed it. Like I got straight A's. Like I was, I don't know, a good student, I guess. And I loved science and I wish that I went into that field in any shape or form. Um, this is sad, but you know, I'm only 23. So there's a lot of possibilities, but yeah, I think science would be really cool. I always told my dad that I wanted to be a pediatrician, but he didn't take it very seriously. I'm not letting you anywhere near my children. <laughs> With a needle? No, no. Oh my God. We, you made, you made me uh, make a pact with you uh, a couple weeks ago because I'm like trying to get as far away from you as, as I can, but you're like, mm -hmm. no, we need to make a pact, like a friendship pact. You know, you're not, you know, at, at, at what, what do we come up with? We said at age 35, we're going to stop being friends. And yeah, then... I feel like that would be best for both of us. Okay. I'm not, make, I'm not making it that long, by the way. 
I was truthfully, I was just stretching it out. So at least I had a little time. But yeah, I feel like, you know, we're going to be busy and then we'll rekindle later. All right. Well, you know, give us a break because, you know, we're pretty sick of each other. Yeah, we literally will hang out every couple weeks and we'll always hang out for a long stretch of time when we do. And then when we do, we're like, all right, good riddance. You tired me out. I need to get away from you for a couple of weeks and then we'll rekindle this back, you know, in a month and catch up. Yeah, truly. And we really don't even speak in between those weeks either. No, I get the occasional Snapchat from you, which is always, which always pisses me off. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so you did go to Curry College, which is just on the outskirts of Boston, I think. Um, yeah. What was your college experience like? Um, I loved school. So I, yeah, so Curry College is in Milton, Massachusetts. So it's kind of right off the red line in Boston. Um, my freshman year, I was in a high school relationship. So I was actually there and then going home on the weekends a lot. And part of it was because I really hated the let's get drunk until we throw up vibe. I just couldn't do it. It was just, it made me so anxious that my dad would sometimes have to like come pick me up in the middle of the night. And I wasn't even the one drinking. Like I was just so uncomfortable with the idea of like just making yourself sick. And I don't know, I was just really attached to my relationship at the time. So I was going home a lot. Um, and the weekends I didn't, I was getting to know my roommate, Alex, who is still like one of my best friends. And then once I had a really good friend group, I started staying and sticking around a lot more. And then, yeah, so sophomore year was great and junior year was great and senior year was great. It was a lot of fun. I got to study abroad twice. Um, once in Cuba and once in Argentina. So that was huge. And I spent a lot of time volunteering and running the volunteer um, department at Curry and starting new clubs and organizations and meeting new people and doing internships. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I had a lot of fun and, you know, had great people coming out of it. Now, one of my favorite parts of, of your story is that you went to Brooklyn for a summer. What exactly happened there? Because you weren't expecting or something unexpected happened, but I'll, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. So um, within the comm department, they offered a semester in New York and you could choose Brooklyn or Manhattan, but Manhattan disgusts me. It's so gross. It smells terrible. I'll go there, but I, I like Brooklyn. I think it's, it's clean and it's a good mix of city and residential and I had, what a roommate I had. Oh, God. She, she just smelt so bad. And so that was really hard for me. As you know, I'm a very clean person. Make it is my one bed. of bright, your bright spots, yes. <laughs> I make my bed every morning. Everything in here is clean. Um, but, yeah, I was going there expecting to start an internship. And that fell through. And so... I spent a lot of my summer going to networking events with my friend Mackenzie, who I met in Israel, who's a true angel and one of my closest friends. And it was a ton of fun. Like we would just go in there and drink and socialize, go to brunches and get all kinds of gifts at the end. So like PR events are crazy in New York because people leave with like giant gift bags full of stuff. And I was just I mean, I was there for the food, the drinks and the gifts, like, let's go. And I was like meeting people in PR too. 
but I knew that PR kind of wasn't what I wanted to do, but I was super down to just meet new people and see what, I don't know, other careers are in the industry. Um, I also turned 21 that summer, which God was a mess that my 21st birthday was what happened? Very bad. <laughs> well, I, when I moved to the city, I didn't know anybody. And truthfully, I thought like maybe my friends would like just show up and like surprise me, but that was just my ego. And like, that would be involved people liking you. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And no one was doing that. And I think Mackenzie, I saw Mackenzie for a little bit, but then I ended up who was under 21, my RA who was under 21 and this kid, Jonah, who's just an enigma of a kid, just missing so many brain cells. And they couldn't get into any bars because they were under 21. And it's very difficult in New York City to use a fake ID. So they were like, oh, Kelsey, just go buy a bottle of Tito's and we'll drink in the park. I'm like, all right, bet. <laughs> like, well, it's my 21st birthday. I want to drink and uh, I have no one else to do it with. So let's go, crew. Let's have some fun. and. We were drinking in the park and that's the last thing I remember. Uh, I woke up in my roommate's bed. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. She was in mine. I was fully naked um, with a legal seafoods menu covering me. And there is an illegal seafoods in New York City. So I have no idea <laughs> where I got it. I got a lot of stories from everyone around me. Apparently I fell down the stairs of the subway. Oh my like, gosh. Just, I would have paid such good money to see that. I can't even believe I made it home. I can't even believe I ended up in my dorm room. Like I'm shocked. And I, that's my blackout story. I'm not proud of it, but you know, it's your 21st birthday. Like <laughs> whatever. Uh, you also discovered a, a couple of passions uh, while you were in college. So you are a very frail, thin girl right now, uh, but you didn't used to be. <laughs> so you discovered... You want to insert a picture, Troy? Like, <laughs> no, we're, we're good. Uh, you discovered <laughs> exercise and uh, and eating better. So And exercise is, is a big part of your life now. So um, how exactly did you go about discovering that passion? Yeah, so I think it was my junior year of college. I moved to Randolph, Massachusetts. So I ended up living off campus in my own apartment because I had an internship in the summer and I couldn't live on campus. So I got an apartment for my entire junior year. And when I moved to Randolph, I moved next to a rock climbing gym. And I loved rock climbing as a kid. And I used to like competitively rock climb when I was really, really young. And so I asked my dad, I was like, I don't want anything for Christmas or Hanukkah or anything. I just want a membership to this gym and I cannot afford it. And he was like, I'll do six months, whatever. And so I started it with my friend Genevieve at the time and I loved it. We got so into it and we built so much strength and I kind of just started to see how my body was changing. I was super proud of that and got into it more and more. Um, but I was never like trying to lose weight. And I didn't even realize how much weight I had gained. Um, just having 17 meals a week offered to you in college. I was just like, yeah, one entree, five sides. Give me five things of tater tots, like, <laughs> like whatever. But um, it was when I kind of started going out and, you know, junior year I was coming to Quinnipiac a lot. And I started kind of comparing myself to 
all the other girls that I was seeing in dresses and heels and stuff. And I was like, oh dear, like, I don't, I don't look like that. And like, I had been newly been single and I was like, I got to make some changes. So like, unfortunately, like the weight loss portion of it was like not a healthy way of thinking, which is just the truth. Like I was just like looking around and comparing myself to other women, which a lot of people do. And it's super normal, but we have to stop. (laughs) But that's where I was just like, okay, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to get myself to look how I want to look. And here we are now. Now I, I just, it's a habit for me. I'm glad you brought that up because you actually said to me somewhat recently, and you actually do say some things that that stick with me and make me think. So uh, <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> uh, you t- you said something to me where you there was a photo that you wanted to post on social media because you liked the way you looked, but you were also conscious of, hey, you know, I look at people that I follow on on Twitter and, and Instagram and compare myself to them, and it makes me feel bad about myself. Conversely, whether if you are posting a photo of yourself, you are realizing maybe that someone else looks at a photo of you and it's like, man, I want to look like that. And so you didn't post the photo because of that. So I'm just curious what, when you are going, just take me into the mind uh, of a woman, especially a crazy one like yourself. uh, (laughs) When you are going to post a photo, like what goes through your mind? What is the process before you officially say yes or no to it? Yeah. So I think, I've gotten a few messages and I like to post things that make me feel good. I don't know. It's, I guess, a normal thing in our society. It's kind of weird to be honest, but I've gotten a few messages that are like, what's your workout routine? Like, how did you get so skinny? Like, what do you eat? How many calories do you eat a day? And I'm like, shoot, like, I don't want anybody comparing themselves to me at all. Like, I don't know. I I truly honestly believe that everybody's beautiful and like what works for me doesn't work for everybody else. And so like when I'm going to post, I'm trying to think about how it's going to make other people feel. And like I scroll through Instagram all day and see all kinds of bikini photos and these girls that are so confident and some of them aren't. That's the thing is like, none of this is real. And like, I am so honest about like, my Instagram, I have edited photos and so many women do. And like when I have acne, I'm like, all right, does that pimple really need to be there when I go and post this? No. And so I edit it out and like, that's not real. So like, I'm a fake bitch, like everybody else on that app. And like, it's not good. And so like, I've kind of just been trying to be more conscious of that and being real and like not editing or I I guess filtering is like a little bit different, but like, let's just be real on there and like normalize that so that people can stop feeling bad about how they look or their bodies or anything like that, because it's so toxic. And like, I'm very conscious about what I eat and how much I exercise and things like that to the point where it's just like not healthy. And I'm working on that as well. So like, I'm not a good representation of what anybody should be trying to do health wise. I'm still working on that journey. So like, let's just be real. No, I, I fully agree. I mean, that's kind of something that, that, I mean, I don't think I, as, as a man struggle with it as much as someone like you does, but I also just focus on just being real, like whether it's on this podcast or anything I write out, out to the world, because I am also conscious of the fact that like people want authenticity. People want people to actually be real. And, you know, I tried to say 
You know, if I'm very emotional about something, like I'm not going to wait until I'm composed or whatever, I'm just going to say it and, and just be in the moment and try to be as real because I think, you know, that's what people ultimately gravitate to is people who are being real. So uh, I'm glad you are, you are working on it and getting there. Um, you brought up, you said the word normalize. Another thing that you uh, said to me that um, has stuck with me before is you said that you want, you want to normal, you want to normalize starting to say no right and here's what i mean someone asks you to hang out you often don't want to because you suck uh <laughs> rather than making up some excuse hey i can't because you know i've got work tonight or hey i can't because whatever whatever just say you know what like i'd love to thank you for for inviting me thank you for thinking of me but i just can't tonight i i'm just i'm not doing well mentally tonight or i just, I just need a night for myself or i just need to be alone like if you say something like that, I know I've, I've said similar things like that to my friends before, like, sorry, dude, like just not feeling it tonight. They're like, oh, come on, pussy. Like, what are you doing? Come hang out. I'm just like, dude, like, I just need, I just need my me time. You know me, like I like my alone time. And so I always feel in order to be fully present when I'm with other people, I need a certain amount of time by myself to just kind of do my own thing, you know? So, um, no, absolutely. And I think the response that you get from your friends is probably not the response that you were looking for. And maybe you should think twice about your friends. But anyway. <laughs> so are, are you saying you want me to dump you? I have never been mean to you ever in my <laughs> life. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, Emily, who is one of our mutual friends, has also said it to me before. It's just like normalize saying no. Um, we kind of, I've been kind of preaching it, I guess, to my friends that asked me to spend time with them. Of course I want to, and I definitely plan to, but like as someone who's definitely struggling with mental health right now, like it's so easy to just be honest. And I think people respect that more. And, you know, like I said to you the other day, like I didn't answer your text message because I didn't want to classic. Yeah. I never all the time. I, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But like, I didn't answer your text message about hanging out because I was in a dark place. And instead of just being like, Hey, Troy, like, I just, I can't tonight. Like I'm just not in, in the mental space to do that. I ignored it because I was scared to disappoint you. And like, at the same time, I think it would just be so much easier if, and to just be honest. And so my friends and I do that all the time. My best friend is in nursing school and we make plans all the time and she cancels a lot, which is fine. I have never, ever been mad at her for her being like, I'm so sorry. I am drowning in homework like I have exams all week I'm like dude do you one day you're gonna graduate we'll figure it out like it is what it is people have things to do even if they're not in the mental capacity and they just have a lot to do leave them alone like I'm so I'm never ever mad when someone cancels on me because obviously they're doing it for a reason and they're my friend for a reason so I agree. I, I I think just straight up saying and honestly if you and you did end up eventually telling me that, hey, I can't do it tonight, just not mentally there. Like, I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally cool with some, I'm so much better with someone just saying, no, I, I need a mean night than not answering at all or making up some excuse because now you're ignoring me and, and running from telling the truth or then you're just outwardly lying. So I would just so much rather people be honest. So I, uh, I respect the message that, that you and Emily um, are trying to spread here. It's so, easy. It's so easy to do. Yeah, amen. So you are also very artistic and that doesn't um, 
I don't think people give you enough credit for that. So can you tell me how artistic and, and, and the creativity side of the brain, that other side of the brain, not the sciencey part, how do you try to use that? Or, or how do you try to um, express yourself via different mediums? I guess a few ways. I spend a lot of my time, especially at work, just like sketching and doing a lot of drawings on like the sides of my papers and things like that. I think it's very therapeutic. Glad that you're um, doing the job. Good work. <laughs> There's a lot of waiting in TV. So let's be very clear. There's a lot of waiting for sports to end and going live and things like that. So we do have downtime. And so I'm just kind of like scribbling and, you know, making art in that way. I love to write um, and journal and things like that. Um, I paint occasionally, <laughs> but how you do you act. see me as artistic? You oh, act. yes. Oh, duh. Duh. Um, yeah, I love acting. so many of these questions. I just, kn I know what your answers are. So yeah, so I know you're alluding to things uh, and yeah, I'm like, okay, like these you, you act like you talk to me about the shit all the time. <laughs> I know. Damn mess. Okay. Yes. So I actually always wanted to be an actress when I was a kid and then I got to Curry and the theater like head of theater was like, don't do that. I was like, you haven't even seen me act yet. She was like, just don't major in theater. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I didn't. And that was kind of the end of that. But it's so I, impressionable. <laughs> I know. But like when the head of theater is telling you not to go into the industry, which she was smart because that industry is now pretty dead. So you got into TV instead. Good job. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here we are. Anyway, I was in musicals and plays all through college and partially in high school. And then, yeah, I, I love it. I have so much fun with it. I just completely let myself go. I'm not in my own head and thoughts anymore. I'm just kind of like being creative and having fun with it. I um, joined a community theater when I got here because Connecticut was depressing me and I felt like I had no outlet. And I was but like, I was oh. here. yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I was, you know, a part of theater in college. And that was a huge like group for me. And it was almost like being in sports again. And like, that's what I kind of did in high school because you have this team around you. And I loved that. I love, that's probably one of my favorite aspects of theater. So when I got to Connecticut and I was feeling pretty alone because I had one friend and it was Troy, God forbid, I joined theater again and it brought back, uh, just everything that excites me. So yeah, you and Troy came to see it. I was in Newsies. Damn right. Was I the best Newsie you've ever seen? I mean, you were the best Newsie in Wallingford, Connecticut that was a girl that I've seen. <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it. That was a compliment <laughs> in our world. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Contra blessings. I was, so I'm re I've, I've told you about this book that I'm reading right now. And um, it's really, I think it's geared toward, toward women. And it's been, uh, it's been suggested to me by, by a couple of my girlfriends. Um, it's, it's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I was just reading a passage there where it's basically like at age 10, and I think you can identify with this at age 10 is really when the world starts, expects us to start conforming conforming to what our parents want, what the schools tell us we want. Basically, 
our identity and our purpose in life becomes everyone else's I, I, identities and purposes in life. And everyone tries to like put their dreams onto us. And so we never really truly are free because we're bound to other people's expectations. And so basically the author essentially at like age 35 wakes up and realizes I've never really lived for me. I've never lived my, in her words, like my truest, purest, most beautiful life. And that that is out there. You just have to eventually realize that you don't want the life that people prescribe for you. You instead want to take things in your own hands and have that life. So I've been thinking a little bit over the past few days about, you know, what does my ideal, purest, truest, within the realm of possibility, most beautiful life look like? So I'm curious right now, as you are in Connecticut, as you are, like you said, mentally not in the best shape right now. Um, what does your ideal life look like? Now I'm now I don't know, because what if this is all just an influence? Everything I want is just an influence from other people in the world. Right. It's like kind of scary because I can think of my ideal like brownstone apartment in Boston and like skipping along the streets and through Boston Common and like <laughs> going to buy flowers at the florist and like I don't know being a part of Boston sports and the culture and things like that like that's really where I want to end up because that kind of excites me but I'm also like is there something else I want that I just don't even know that I want it because maybe there is peace <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> World peace. Yeah. I mean, right now, like my vision is to just be happy and to be in a city and to be 23 and I guess to be more self-aware. Like I'm thinking a lot about growth within myself than like the materialistic things, I guess. It's just like be more aware of how others are feeling and, um, be more knowledgeable. Was that a good answer? Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> all of that and pretty much everything, so much of what you said today is just my impact on you from, from loving exercise, <laughs> from uh, focusing on yourself more, all these things. So you're welcome. You know, you also, I've talked about oatmeal several times on this podcast. You now eat oatmeal pretty much every day because of me. So you're welcome for, for all the greatness that is in your life now. Yeah, but you're influencing me. So what if I don't really want it? And I've just adapted to it. <laughs> I, I do love there. oatmeal, though. I see what you did there. Well, uh, I'll, I've given you something to ruminate uh, about in your journaling. I do think that's a very good practice. I do it myself. Um, I think a lot of the successful, um, most successful or happiest people do that because it's just kind of a necessary outlet. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You just kind of write down your thoughts and no one will judge you for it. Um, it's just kind of for, for yourself. And that's also, um, I also feel like your journal outwardly, uh, I also feel like an outward manifestation of your journal. Cause me and you just like throw shit at each other, what's going on in our minds. And that's also like another reason why this works is because we will never judge each other. Well, maybe a little, but for the most part. <laughs> Like at the end we, of the day, at the end of the day, like we say things and I'm, you may tell me something that you did. And I'm like, well, that was fucked up. Why'd you do that? But like, I, I still don't hold it against you or I don't think uh, any lower of you. For some reason, I think very highly of you. I don't know why, but I do. Uh, I also think highly of you. And I think you've actually had 
all right, I'm going to get deep. I'm going to say something nice about you. Hold on, hold check on. the time, check the date. Hold, hold on. I, I want to, uh, another thing that we talked about at breakfast first, we said, remember form spring? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so the, if you all remember the, that dumb app form spring or that social media website, I think it was just like just before Twitter or right around Twitter where you could just basically anonymous, anonymously, post things on a person's form spring and more often than not you were just ripping people to shreds saying terrible things it was twitter trolling before twitter trolling existed so me and you are like huh what would we have written on each other's form springs if you know this were modern day so kelsey what would you write on my form spring <laughs> that's so funny because i think i would write something nice about your form spring which is what i was going to say because if you think about the essence of form spring, it was just basically getting trashed all the time. And our friendship is the form spring. Like, <laughs> but if I were to anonymously say something nice to you, it would be that you have had many positive influences on my life <laughs> and have taught me a lot of things. I'm feeling sick. I'm like slightly what? nauseous. Like what? Come on, we're working here. <laughs> But yeah, like everything that I would say cruel to you on Forum Spring, I would just say to your face. This is true. And again, I don't get offended. Uh, I've flattered you enough today, so I'm not going to tell you what, what positive things I would say on your Forum Spring. Fine. Fair. That's so fair. <laughs> um, we try to keep it to a minimum. Yeah, for, we try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> for interaction. Uh, you have been... You've been uh, the thing I like about you is that you're always down for a good time. Like you were always, I always want to go on adventures all the time and do things. You know, I had this goal of trying to go to every single brewery in Connecticut and then you'll just hit me up. You're like new brewery tonight. I'm like, yo, let's go. Or you'll just be, and again, this is another great thing that, and I don't know why, but everyone here is always like, Troy, whatever you want to do, I will do. Cause everyone's just always down for what I want to do, which I love. Anytime I want to go to like a, a restaurant or go to a mountain uh, or go to a brewery, they're like, hey, you know the spots, you know what to do, I'll trust you. So you do that too. So thank you for further inflating my ego. Yeah, well, for someone who just explores a lot, I feel like you know more than most of us. Like, people are really confined to their spaces and the things that they're comfortable with, and you aren't. And so you explore and you try new things and you find cool things. And so I'm like, eh, I'm going to trust Troy on this one most of the time. And the things that you do are fun. And maybe we just don't do enough of it. So... Damn Maybe right. people can learn from you. Damn right. Just like you have. Uh, you also love food, as we learned that you did in college. Uh, what do you, you're getting more into cooking right now. What are your uh, favorite things to prepare? I do love food. The two things I really like to do are hiking and food, and that's pretty much it. Um, so, yeah, I guess, what did I cook this week? Oh, I made a chicken fried rice with egg in it and some dumplings on the side. And it was- you love dumplings number one favorite food like ever want to make me happy dumplings that's it like it really doesn't take much but obviously I'm always focused on my health and what's good for me and things like that so I try and do a lot of protein filled dinners and things like that I I like chicken sausage and I love pesto oh my god don't sleep on pesto I've been having a lot of pesto on on some sandwiches lately it's so good Yes. So I do like chickpea pasta because it has a ton of protein in it. 
with chicken sausage, which also has a ton of protein in it. And then just throw like whatever veggies you have in it, cover that shit in pesto. Easy and so good. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this. I, but I, you know, I know that doesn't really fit I get to leave. I, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I can keep you here for another hour <laughs> and then not see you for four weeks. Um, that would be ideal. <laughs> but I know you love food. So I just want to get you a question about food. Um, you know, I think about this all the time. I've asked a couple of people on this podcast um, what what they think, but I'm curious what your answer is. Um, like, what do you think happiness is? And and what I mean is that happiness is not just a, it's not just like, oh, I'm happy today and then I'm not happy tomorrow. It's not, it's not a fleeting state of mind. That's more so like joy or pleasure, but happiness is like, a state of mind that is long-term. So when, when Kelsey Davis is happy, what is right in her life? I think it's a matter of being present and not being focused on the past or the future. That's what honestly creates anxiety is like what's going to happen or what already happened. And it's just about being present. And that's something that I'm obviously working on, but that's like truly it is just being present, not looking at anybody else's life and wanting it. It's like, you have to get up and do the things every day that make you happy and treat yourself with kindness. And I think when you do that, you fall into that happiness and you don't even know that you're there. It's just comfortable for you. Yeah, I really agree. I, and I like what you said, because, um, you know, me and you, we're, we both kind of got some some changes on the horizon in each of our lives. So that can cause a lot of anxiety. And, the, you know, I know for me, I'm just so like my future is just so top of mind right now that it is literally consuming every waking moment I have. And it's just like, man, I just want to be happy right now and focus on right now. But I just can't. I'm struggling with it. Um, but maybe one day I will just fall into that state of mind. When, right. Most likely when you are not near me. Right. But you will, you know, come in and out of happiness. It's not constant. And so when big changes are happening, you're going to be looking to those and you're going to be planning and things like that. And that's okay. It's okay to just be stressed out sometimes. But when you get there, relax a bit, you know, be present. It's honestly something that you have to focus on and work on just doesn't come to you. So not that I'm there. (laughs) No, not one bit. But that's my advice to everybody else. Well, uh, Kelsey, that's good advice. You, you gave a lot of good advice today. Um, you've got a YouTube channel. What's what, what is it? We'll, we'll plug it. Wow. You and mean I, it? I, I got you. Yeah. It's called Crew. Um, it's a mix between Kelsey and Drew. And we basically do a lot of hiking videos and a lot of food videos because those are my two favorite things. So if you like eating and hiking, that's the vibe over on Crew. So. All right. So check out crew. Kelsey, thank you for joining me. I will probably see you. I don't know. Four, four weeks, weeks. Hopefully <laughs> that's, that, that's about on pace. Shut the fuck up. By the way, we jumped out of a plane together. I forgot to mention that we jumped out of a plane. I'll, I'll have to insert the audio of it at some point. What did you say to me as I was about to jump out of the plane? <laughs> you go. Oh my God. I go Troy. This was your idea. <laughs> well, we uh, wow. we jumped out of a plane together. You were down. I hit you up one time. Yo, you want to jump out of a plane? You're like, 
yeah, sure. Why not? That was pretty early in the friendship too. We were just like, you know what? I'm just feeling it out. Let's just do this. Well, it was a good time. Uh, so I know we have, we have more good times in our future. Um, so I look forward to seeing you soon. Kelsey, thank you for joining me. Check out crew and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. So that's this week's podcast with uh, one of my absolute best friends in the world, Kelsey Davis. I know we, we give each other a lot of shit. We go back and forth all the time, crack jokes, but it truly does. Like I said, it always comes back to love. I mean, since day one, we have just clicked like that. It's been a wild ride of a friendship. We've certainly had our ups and downs, um, but at the end of the day, it always comes back to love and we care about each other and she knows that I care about her immensely. And despite what she says, I know that she cares about me immensely. And, um, you know, it's a really special friendship. And I think after college, when you enter the adult world, we often find friends out of convenience. And there's a lot of friendships that maybe aren't super strong. Because like I've said before here, my friendships from home feel like the strongest ones because they saw me growing up. They know my family. They know my story. They've seen my ups and downs. They saw me grow up. And as you get older and more removed from that, and you meet new people in other walks of life, they don't know your story. They don't know everything that's made you you. They don't know everything that you have been through. And so it is so much harder to find deep, meaningful connections with people once you get past the age of 22. And um, Kelsey, although I I technically met her through work, it stops there. We've never worked together. We never really talk about work and what we do. We don't get bogged down in that. Um, it's just a friendship that's focused on just being there for each other, being present, doing things together, having fun, BSing, uh, having, having serious conversations, having not serious conversations at all. It's a really special friendship. It's one that I'm really grateful for. And, um, you know, I'm excited to have her in my life for, for the years to come. Something tells me that, uh, she'll be around for a while. So I'm looking forward to that. So thank you, Kels, for joining me. That was the Troy Farkas show for this week. Uh, I'll be back next week. More conversations with more friends this December and this holiday month, this bad 2020. I'm going to be talking to my absolute best friends in the world. And Kelsey was one of the, the first people to start that off. Like I said, she is in my innermost circle for sure. And my inner circle is, you know, three, four, five people. So, um, Again, really happy that she was on. Troy Farkas Show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen on your phone. I'm not sure if you can tell your smart speaker too, but you can play it when you're in your car. You can listen on a desktop. So a bunch of places to find it. You can leave a review. You can leave Kelsey a review on her YouTube channel. Um, she does some really cool stuff. She's really creative. She has a lot of fun doing all those hiking videos, which she attributed to my friend Tori LaRose, who I will also have on at some point. But until then, thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week.